Welcome to the Mighty Cultured Guitarist. My name is Albuquerque Al, and with me is Crikey Casper. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah, I, was, I knew you were going to like those ones. Well, I knew you'd like yours. I didn't know if you'd care yeah, one yeah. whit about Albuquerque Al. But... Negative. <laughs> <laughs> Yours was probably one of the lamest ones yet, but I will take Crikey, Crikey Casper. Crikey Casper. <laughs> Love it. I got some. I got some Aussie friends that would be like, "Oh, just, oh, come just on, don't. Man. Don't be that idiot." <laughs> Guess what? Well, too late, boys. <laughs> you are that idiot. You didn't figure out when I was down there on tour that I'm an idiot. You're like, better known now. Yep. I don't know why. Anyway. How's it going, buddy? Awesome, man. Big, big things this week. Yeah, lots going on, huh? <sighs> the weight is lifted. The roadcaster's here. Oh, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. That's right, folks. We are recording through a brand new roadcaster podcasting platform. We're mm -hmm. using brand new road pod road mics. Pod mics. It's awesome. It sounds great. I I know 99.9% .9 of you out there aren't making podcasts and have no clue how annoying it is to try and do long-distance interviews without a proper setup. Mm. But let me tell you, oh, it's been a weight off our shoulders. I, I've been just phoning people on it because I can. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we had like an hour-long chat with Kevin Schoen the yep. other night for no reason. No other apparent than, reason at yeah. all. I was like, hey, buddy, guess what? <laughs> we can just do this thing now. Yep. <laughs> well, what else has been going on with you uh, this week, my friend? Give me the lowdown. Um, You know, that was my my paramount, dude. That was my peak. That was your <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much that. I mean, we rearranged the studio. We, we uh, did. We did. We we've adjusted our our seating positions. We feel I feel much more comfortable like this. It is much more comfortable in here. We are gonna. I'm probably gonna. I feel a little sad about this, but be, because of uh, all this COVID nineteen thing going on, I'm probably gonna have to do a few episodes from home, and you're gonna get to enjoy the studio all to yourself. <laughs> The new mood lighting. The mood lighting is all to awesome. myself. I know. I got more coming. <laughs> That's great. You didn't tell me that. Oh no, I, a friend of mine has more of them. Oh really? Yeah. In storage, they're not even using them. So oh, like oh, I got some of those. Oh, I'm that's like, fantastic. Perfect. I, I mean, you sent me the link where we could order more. And mm -hmm, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's kind of tempting, but not super necessary. Not really. But this is like, but free is better. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, just to kind of get you in the loop here, listeners, we. Put up a string of uh, little LED twinkly. They're not a, twinkly. They're just a always string on. of rope LED lights. Yeah, but it they're looks with a pretty. one inch, a one inch <laughs> LED space, and they're pretty cool. They're just white lights. But hey, yeah, if you went to a real fancy restaurant in the eighties, they had these on all their plants throughout the. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and up, up every pillar. Yeah, and, it was yeah. just like ooh. ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, now we have it yeah. in our studio. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man, great. that's uh, that's pretty much it. Been playing a lot, man. This COVID nineteen thing's got everybody on, yeah, on practice time, pretty yeah, much, pretty a lot much of time, full time in the woodshed, a lot of time to ourselves, yep. pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's been about it. All right, you, me, oh man, it's it's been a well, it's been a good week for me. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've we got back in the studio. Mm -hmm. We got an episode out for the first time in a while last week. Yeah. That meant a lot to me because we've been socially distancing and uh, not having the show on the air was, well, depressing. It made me sad. Indeed. And that was a... I agree. I didn't realize... I mean, I kind of knew how much the show meant to me, but I didn't realize how much of a, like, effect that was going to, like, have on my, my happiness level to right. not be doing it. I, I thought it was going to feel like a little, ah, I'm taking a break and don't have the responsibility of the show. Kind of actually was more just like oh I know <laughs> I had a I had a similar thing because I I'm a I'm not an OCD really but I like to watch the numbers and see who's interacting and like really follow yeah. that stuff and having basically uh, almost almost a total nosedive because just, <laughs> we just didn't release anything so that was really yeah. hard to like sad. you know swallow 
it was tough. Yeah. But I think we're, uh, you know, everybody that was listening is still listening. So yeah. we're, I'm happy oh, about I think that. It's been great. It's been nice to, the messages that we've gotten this week coming mm-hmm. back, it's been great. Um, What else have I been up to this week? Well, you put on a concert. I did. I put on a live stream concert. That's right, right here in the studio. Right here in the studio. I guess yeah. that's a big thing I did too, is we did soundtrack we the did. night before. That it was, was two a, days of stuff. Of work. It was, yeah. it was work. <laughs> Thank you for all that hard yeah, work, it was, by the way. It was absolutely worth it. I got to sit and down here, live music Friday <laughs> night with some beer and pizza and watch Al play music. It was great. Yeah, with uh, that was it was a it was a funny experience for me. So if you've never done something like this, or if you're just doing this for the first time with the with all the social isolation that you're practicing, um, a live stream concert is a bit of an awkward experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only ever done one before this. I mean, I've done like streaming cafes where I go and I play like a a venue and they also stream it online, which right. that's just a normal gig. Um, but doing just a live stream show, I I have. It's my second one, and it was way better for me than the first one. No, the first one wasn't bad, but I was more comfortable with this. But it's still a very awkward experience because it's just basically you're singing to your iPhone and mm. trying to treat it like a whole crowd full of people because there is a crowd full of people out there. Right. And uh, you're mostly alone in the room. <laughs> in my case, I had you. Hey, <laughs> man, was I great. was cheering. But, <laughs> but it was a little funny to, like, be singing to this phone on a mic stand. And then also my buddy's over 15 feet away laying on the floor drinking beer and eating pizza, watching me do a show in his basement. Uh, it was it was fun, though. I, yeah. I had a lot of fun. Um, I got a lot of great comments and stuff. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of good conversations with people. And some, some very generous donations came in, which is... Very much appreciated. If you were uh, participating in any of that or just watched the, the live stream, I'm really grateful to you because I am very out of work with this whole situation. Yeah. I am not able to book tours, and it's hurting my wallet. Um, so that was a big, uh, a big help. And to celebrate that, I did splurge a little bit on myself. The rest of the money is going to... You know, like an oil change and just bills and stuff, and it's yeah. just getting all practically used. I did do one thing. I messaged our good friend Ryan Clark, <laughs> <laughs> and I am getting one of the first run of the Doctor Scientist Dusk. Ooh. Oh, which I'm so excited about! I know because as soon as you told me you were doing that, I was like, "Hey, Ryan!" <laughs> <laughs> so April third was a big day. Yeah, man. It was a big day for a couple friends of ours, but uh, to stay on topic here, Ryan Clark, doctor scientist, Neil Graham, Tanya Clark, and of course, their little pooch, little miss, they released the uh, filter pedal, Dusk. Mm. Oh, gorgeous. So cool. Oh my God, it's so yeah. awesome. Ah, it's so good. <laughs> I'm so excited to get one, and uh, I don't know what serial number is going to be yet, but it's a low serial number. I don't number. think you should care. I don't. <laughs> what I but. care about the very, very most, on top of the fact that it's just a rad pedal I by my friends. Going. I already know where you're going. Is yeah, they had a batch come back from the powder or the. I'm uh, sure. I, what's the term for that though? It's uh. Is it the UV printer? No, not UV printing. It's uh. Is it powder coating? Maybe. I think it's powder coating. Anyway. The finisher. The finishing. Yep. Came in on these wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was wrong in an awesome way. <laughs> so the the dusk pedal is like all of Doctor Scientist pedals have fun graphics and they're totally kind of retro, awesome. futuristic. And in, in most cases, the dusk they kind of went for like an '80s graphical sunset thing mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. top of a mostly black sparkled pedal with like red sparkles in the mm-hmm. paint. They had a few come back from the uh, powder coating process uber red glittery sparkly we're gonna call this ultra glitter it's so rad yeah <laughs> and i was able to get one of those mm. i put in my request but i don't know <laughs> i haven't received i hope you get back. one i do too but yeah so i'm I'm super jacked about that I, i'm not um filter has always other than like a wah pedal filters are sure. one of those effects that i've messed around with a little bit and i kind of like but i can i haven't never really figured out where to squeak it into my music and stuff yep, so i'm yep. excited to kind of try if nothing else it'll make its way onto my board for a instant on 
1930s retro sounding guitar because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it give that low fidelity well, and it's, sound. It's got it's got expression input. Yeah. So uh, like you a could lot. you could literally turn this into the multifunction. Yeah. It's kind of thing that's a pretty cool pedal. I'm, I'm really excited awesome. to have it and just really excited to support my friend and have a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was my splurge. Um, very excited about that. And that yeah, so that came out April third. Uh, which, uh, as of us recording this, is two days ago? Yes. Three days ago? What's the fifth of the day? This mm-hmm. is coming out on the seventh. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Yes, today's the fifth. Came out a couple of days ago. Magnificent. Super psyched. Super psyched. Um, and, yeah, our other friends, uh, Asher, Asher and uh, Sarah. Yep. At uh, Caulfield Cables released a new color called June. Mm-hmm. Check out our social media. We've yeah. got a whole bunch of that going on. Gorgeous <laughs> uh, pink. I am not usually a pink guy. No, not really my my real one of my favorite color. I love this pink. <laughs> this I is like, like it, yeah. this is like if I don't even know. It's like it's radioactive and something not. It's weird. It's, it's like so a good. mix between like almost classic fifties shell pink, but mm. like. With Somehow plutonium. also neon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. So it was under UV light, which is super mm. rad. So um, we've each got one of these, the the June cable. Yeah. And uh, cool thing that they were doing um, Ending, as with the launch oh, of this. You know, it might still be going the day this episode The day this episode so releases. So if you, yeah, take this as your last yeah. opportunity to get in on a really great thing and help Caulfield Cables... Um, uh, are donating twenty percent of all sales between launch day and the seventh to Equal Sound, which is a benefit or a charity that's helping musicians yeah. like like us and maybe like yeah. you that are out of work because of the COVID nineteen isolation. So which you know all our gigs have been canceled and that kind of huge. stuff. So huge help, huge big thing that Asher and Sarah are doing. Really so. want to give them some extra credit because they they originally started this doing ten percent. Yeah, they did. And it was just going so well that they were like, let's kick it up to 20%. And they made that retroactive. They did. Uh, so all previous orders that they'd taken already where they were already donating 10, they were like, yeah, we'll do 20 for, like, yep. that's awesome. huge. So give them some love. They are super people. Yeah, super rad people. Yeah. So there's there's that. So the Dr. Scientist Dusk dropped the same day as the June color variant from Caulfield Cables. Fantastic stuff. We're yeah. really excited for both of those companies. Super cool. Super cool. I was going to, you know what I meant to do this week? Mm. And uh, I forgot to do it. Uh, Gibson responded to, uh, they oh released a statement kind of responding to the, yeah, the Heritage, Heritage Guitars, Guitars lawsuit, statement. kind of defending uh. Uh, their position a little bit and saying that they have a right to defend their brands. Mm, and, you did not mention this to me. No. I was I too busy I was, at work and <clears> running around with everything. That's my bad. Um yeah, they did. Uh, they have kind of responded. It was kind of um, corpo speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very carefully worded by a team of who delivered it. Lawyer. It was it was like a press release statement. Okay. So some some schlep with a piece of paper. Yeah, it, yeah. It was just sent out to a bunch of of uh, news sources in the gear world. And, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sure it was poured over by many many people and a couple of lawyers. So of course. <laughs> So, yeah, check that out if you want a bit of a catch-up on uh, what we were talking about. Uh, uh, it was last week. So, that's a bit of an update on that story. But, uh, yeah, what else has been going on this week? I am looking at, um, I've been really, really, really pouring into power supplies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. It's that's become, a hard call, man. Oh, man, it's I'm having a tough time. I am too. It's it's become a, a necessity. Yep. Because um, it's starting to, like the my power situation is getting dire enough that the last few gigs I've had it has interfered with them mm-hmm. in some way, and it interfered with the sound check mm-hmm. for the live stream thing. And luckily, it didn't interfere with the live stream. But it did. But it was like a oh, I was pretty I know. scared. I know. And that's not a that's. Kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a really nice pedal board setup. So, yeah, I get it. you know, um, and I th- well, I mean, we touched on a whole lot of these <clears> in a previous episode, but it's it's finding the right 
well, for me, this is from my perspective anyways, is finding the right power delivery and versatility for everything yeah. you have and kind of trying to future-proof yeah. yourself. And, and, and like, there's so many good options out oh there. Oh, man. There are, like, at least five on my list right at the top. Yeah, I, I'm really torn because, like, I've had Voodoo Labs before, and mm-hmm. they, they deliver well. The Strymon, of course, is really... I think that's my, like, there. penultimate. It's yeah. just so expensive. Uh, I like the True Tone options, mm-hmm. the, the CS12 and CS10 and stuff. Like, those are, like, really, uh, really pro-level stuff. The the Cheox stuff. I think the, the CS12, the, the reason that I think if I was to choose it out of my top five, it would be really down... It would be near the bottom of that top five, just because mm. I think there are power options on there that are really not necessary. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. If you really deep, I, I deep dove into it a little bit more recently, mm-hmm. and I've kind of, because I was leaning that way as well, where I was kind of like, it was kind of fall off my list. Yeah, and that, that's where I got to. And I was reading up on it a bit more in the last few days, and it's kind of making its way back up there. But then on the on the flip side, it's also kind of tempting to just be like, I should just buy a Strymon one, and then just, any if I need more, I can add on a little more Strymon one, and... Yeah, there's a few companies out there doing that that are just as pro level. Yeah, I just like, I just like that everything on that that power supply is, um, it can do a it can do up to 500 milliamps. Yeah. So you can you could daisy chain literally off of it if you could have just uh, immeasurable amounts of pedals powered mm. safely and well off of that supply. Um, so there are ten. I, I want to say ten. There's a lot. If we're talking the Zuma, the Zuma, yeah. yeah. So the the Strymon Zuma's nine got ten. nine or ten or twelve or whatever it is. It's got a ton of five hundred milliamp, but all self-regulating, all analog power. They're they're. I'm see where I'm getting kind of mixed in here is like with these high DSP processing pedals that I have on my board, mm-hmm. like the Ember Seco system or the the Atmosphere from Doctor Scientist. It really depends on like the Ember Seco system has to be run a certain way. It has to have a certain amount of draw. And it's, it's in particular, a very fussy pedal about its power systems. Mm-hmm. In fact, Empress has on their website, like, a whole list and graph with, like, Things what pedals com- like compatible, what. compatible, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my gosh. And the list hasn't been updated super recently, so, like, the Strymon's not even on there. Oh. Neither is the True Tone stuff, and it's like, okay, what? <laughs> See, so, but I would think, I mean, the, the True, True Tone's been building power supplies for so long. Yeah, but it's not all on there. I know that, but you would think that it that it would. I, that, well, you'd think the Strymon stuff would be on there. Uh, well, yeah, but you would. But I think it's going to be compatible. I'm, I'm sure you could send an email quickly to Empress and get a response. I don't know because there's quickly. some very pro level power supplies that don't cooperate well with the Empress ecosystem. And see, that's another thing that kind of boggles me a little bit about. Um, I mean, when you picked up your Empress, it was like, wait a minute, it didn't have a power supply. No, I think I think when you're getting into like a in Canadian dollars, a seven hundred dollar ish, just under seven hundred dollars, uh, you know, high end digital delay processor. I think they kind of assume you're putting it on a a board a with pretty, a beefy yeah, forty dollar power supply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> no, but that's that's what I'm saying. Is is you would think that there would be at least the option to plug it in on its own. With the proper power spot. Yeah, Anyways, well, I can. Uh, if I, I run I digress. Like, We're getting a little bit of That's fine. We, we got a little bit of time on this episode, yeah. I think. But, like, so the Dr. Scientist Atmosphere, mm-hmm. if you run it on 18 volts, it takes 650 milliamps. If you run it on wow. 9 volts, it's 300 milliamps. See, that makes... Yeah, well, like, that's... So and that's where it's kind of like, okay, so it's, lost. It's, not all, it's not all down to just the pedal. It's down to how you want to run the pedal and how much draw it does and that kind of thing. And that's where I'm finding, like, I'm having a deep dive a little more on this power supply thing. Mm. So, anyway, that's... Uh, okay, now I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what I've been up to this week, and it's been a lot of... Uh, been a little more gear-focused, which is yeah, kind of been fun. I mean, I've been bouncing around that rabbit hole for a while. So, actually, ever since we were having that chat with, with Kevin about it. Yeah. You know, and uh, on whatever episode that was. Yeah. Um, It's been in the back of my mind that it's something that I have to do. And yep. after our cable shootout, I didn't even put my board back together for a while because I know, I'm, just I know that I'm plugging it into that garbage power yeah. supply that well, I been, have. And my, it's funny. It was actually my wife of all people who was like, you need to take care of this. Mm. Like you, you, <laughs> I appreciate that, that you're trying to stay budgetary minded, but it's, 
Yeah. It's getting silly. So, yeah, going to have to pull the plug on something soon. Well, let but me know what you come up with. Yeah, I will. Well, I'll probably say it on the show, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So we dig into some of the meat of this week's episode. Mm-hmm. All right. We've been hinting at it for two or three episodes. Oh, at least. At least. Yeah. We just hadn't uh, We hadn't sat down and given it the right amount of time that we wanted to give it. Well, actually, Al had it, so. I, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for pinning it all on me. You're welcome. Um, you had it for a while first. I know, I know. Just bugging you, buddy. <laughs> but uh, we're going to talk uh, for a little bit here. We haven't done a pedal review in a while. Right. Um, we'd like to do a few more of those, I think. We've mm-hmm. done a lot, mm-hmm. did a lot of interviews recently. Be nice to do some more interviews and or reviews and stuff. And, mm-hmm. But uh, that comes with more of a budget, so. Right. Anyway, we'll get on that as we can. But, uh, yeah, the... Hello, Sailor Effects, Range Master, that Joe was uh, super cool enough to send us to check out. From England. From England. Super All, cool. I don't remember where in England, but it doesn't matter. London. Is I'm pretty London? sure. Well, I don't know. Don't quote me. Sorry, Joe, if I mix <laughs> up. We're dumb Canadians. <laughs> Everything is London. <laughs> isn't, um, isn't that the only city in England? <laughs> <laughs> no. There's also Liverpool. Oh, maybe it was Liverpool. Then it's I just can't London remember. and Liverpool. That's yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I've actually been Ignorance. there. I, I know there's more than, <laughs> than just London. Um, um, yeah. So he sent us a Range Master a while ago, mm-hmm. and uh, this is a little more than a Range Master. It's yeah. It's a Range Master circuit with the, some options tossed yep. in there for goodness and for uh, flavor. Holy heck, is this pedal sexy? Mm-hmm. Oh, so what are we? What are we calling this? Like silver pearl finish or so. I don't know if I've told you before, Al, but I am super colorblind. Right. So, yeah, yeah it looks kind of gray. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> I put the colorblind guy on trying to describe the color. Describe that color for me. <clears throat> That's a really nice gray. Well, for those of us who God loved more. Uh, oh, pe- <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get those shots in where you can. Ooh, that was a singer. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of people say they listen to the show just for the banter. <laughs> Can't let them down. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm just kidding, buddy. Yeah, no, you're not. I no, mostly love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. God does love me more, but yeah. that's, you know, <clears throat> I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway. It is a very pearlescent. <laughs> get um, in the right, if I get it in the right light, I can see that yeah, it's got a lot of color-changing uh, pearl in it. It's, it's really a cool. silver metallic with pearlescent kind of color ranges to it. And uh, it's like when you open up an oyster shell or something like that. Yeah, it's like greens and purples and yeah. all kinds of crazy stuff. It's gorgeous. Mm, thank you for describing it so <laughs> detailed. You're welcome. Mm. Yeah. I could. Uh, I, I did have a friend of mine mm-hmm. looking at it in the light, and they're like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, look at that, super goofy." <laughs> I see the wow too. <laughs> um, it's a pretty like, it's elaborate for a range master, but it's still a pretty simple pedal. Yep. Overall, um, the boost knob, an input transformer knob, as as Joe has them labeled, which I interpreted as a kind of a gain in volume. Yep. Like a power. Yeah, I'm a pretty simple dude. I'm not going to pretend I understand what's going on under the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got a uh, EQ switch. And then how do we describe the uh, the other switch? Because it's kind of well, um, it's a it's a transistor s- yeah. switch that switches between um, a stacked silicone and germanium transistor, and then over to a military spec CV transistor. Yeah. So as Joe wrote it on the, uh, on oh, wait, the, I'm I got the I got the the manual, so to speak. In front oh, of nice. Here. Um, so yeah, he he wrote uh, stacked transistor is a new old stock Telefunken OC six hundred two Spez germanium mm-hmm. and a spec CV silicon wired as a Darlington pair. I don't know what that means. That might as well be Chinese to me. Yeah, it's. Pretty foreign to me. I'm kind of a numpty. I can read the word in between them. <laughs> and? 
Off. <laughs> There's an yeah, off so selection. It's a three-way switch. Yep. That threw me when I was messing with this pedal, and I like got it into the middle, and it just the whole pedal's like nothing. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Oh, crap, I broke it. I broke it. Yep. What did I do wrong? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know why. Even though it's right there, it said off on the manual, I was expecting I it to blend have, the two for I some reason. I didn't have the manual oh, at that time, so no. I'm going, it's, oh, crap. Okay, did something get broken in shipping? Oh, God. I know what you were doing. You're sitting there going, how can I pin this on Al? How can I pin this on Al? How can I pin this on Al? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Uh, no, it's a cool pedal, though. Yeah, man. And even though I didn't understand any of it, I opened it up pretty much first oh, thing I had it in my I, I didn't even plug it in first. I actually <laughs> took the back off first. Because <laughs> I, I knew I knew that Joe hand-wired this thing. Yeah. It is it is literally point-to-point. Point. Every Telosailor, mm. uh, Telosailor, Hello Sailor pedal, Joe is doing uh, hand-populated turret boards super cool they open these things up and they look pretty freaking rad and i'm i mean we never did ask but i don't know what he's i mean the enclosures are spectacular and so everything when you open it up it actually looks like it's some like military grade thing it's so fantastic but Which like makes sense like cold joe's, war joe's a navy guy he is yeah he actually he absolutely is he's a yeah. he's a serving uh i think he appreciates like robust yeah durable stuff so it was really cool to crack it open and be like man look at yeah. the inside of that and this one i think is you know this is definitely one of his tamer builds mm -hmm. it's it's a sure. pretty simple enclosure he's got a cool paint job going on it and he's got a uh, like a classic, like tattoo flash art panther on the, the top. Just I think looks those are super like cool. What are they called? Water, water, water stamp or something like that. Oh well, I know. I'm pretty, not smart, man. We know this. All right. See, it's hurtful when you say it. <laughs> I, I can't agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so um, they so call them water this, slip yeah. or water slide deck. Water slide. Water, no, water, water decals. Something like that. And it's like you know the the. Tattoos you got when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, so he's put that on, and that's kind of what he does on most of his builds. He does something like Super that. Super cool. Um, looks really rad, but a lot of Joe's pedals are like, he's made pedals inside of like old brass shell casings or bits and bobs off battle, literally L they off They look like they're off battleships, yeah. yeah. So some of the some of the enclosures of these things get pretty wild, and the wiring is all point to point. Mm. Oh, mm. super cool. Very cool. Yeah, really enjoyed having this thing around. Um, and it is, I, and I don't want to just be honest, a big part of this podcast is like Casper and I learning, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. we're not going to try and bullcrap our way around that. We're not going to have every answer. We're not going to have, uh, we're not going to be experts on everything we talk about on the show. We're going to try and do our best, but, mm -hmm. um, so I hadn't had a lot of experience with Rangemaster pedals before. I this. actually had to do a lot of research on them online and like. <clears throat> a lot of listening to what they were intended for and, mm -hmm. and and why. So there's a lot of really good resources online that show you, yeah. you know, they're basically designed to to drive old British amps, like old British tube amps, yeah. up over the threshold to break up. Yeah. You know? I, I, so I'd, like, messed with, like, one or two different Rangemaster circuits in the past, but I never owned one. Mm -hmm. um, so getting to actually spend some quality time with this one was a lot of fun for me. Um, and I think you and I came to like similar places with this pedal because it, it, uh, it's, it's really broad. Like yes, this, it is. this, this pedal in particular has so much going on texture wise. Like you can actually change a lot. The original range master was an on, no, it wasn't even an on off button. Oh, yeah, it was a switch. It was a switch and a <laughs> dial. It had like a, a toggle and yeah. a dial. So it was either on or off and you know, you could just basically yeah. just dial in the, the boost, I believe it was just a boost circuit. Yeah. Um, great. Because really it was kind of built in response to like so many of these dudes rocking humbucker equipped Les Pauls into right. Marshalls or Into Marshalls like or Vox. He's trying to get that gain cranked up there and also trying to add some treble back in because yep. it was really muddy. That's right. So uh, that this does that in a, like four different ways that I can really, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I can really like yeah. describe. Um I found, wait, you good? I'm good. I'm just oh. choking a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to pour some more That's tea right, I'm just talking. Gonna, I'm just going to watch. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, hit me while you're at it. Oh, you pass me your teacup and you uh, finish your thought there. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I found because this actually has the transistor switch and also the EQ switch, I found that the the EQ switch in the well in the up position had a lot meatier sound, a lot more like my my humbucker equipped Gretsch definitely responded better um, to that to that setting. I found that like if I took that and ran my strat through it on the low switch, like on the down position, it was super high. Mm -hmm. um, definitely had a lot of boost in the in the treble range um, that I think my strat probably doesn't need. So, um, but I really like that the big bottom end with the 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 diode in the in the up position and the EQ in the up position, um, and then you can just sweep both of those both those transformer and boost knobs. There's a real sweet spot in about three places that I found that really feels good. Yeah, and I mean realistically speaking. A range master was not designed to be like captain of the treble brigade. It was, it was really designed to bring treble into mud. Mm, exactly. Um, but I found that that's where Joe kind of was a bit ingenious with this EQ switch mm -hmm. and with this uh, option between the germanium and the silicone. Uh, it had a lot more tonal variety. It had a lot more EQ variety, so it could be quite useful with single coils and stuff. Because I spent a lot of time um, playing it with my telly. Mm -hmm. and uh, actually found a lot of usable ground in there. When I expected it to be kind of too shrill. Yeah. And, and uh, it could be. It could be. I was just going to say, yeah, it could be. Um, no, but it was quite pleasant. I And it would drive the ever-living tarnation out of my amp. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I, I have a an amp that's basically the same kind of circuit board as inside this pedal. It's all turret board hand-populated parts. Yep. And it drove it. Good. And it's a solid state amp. This mm -hmm. this amp I have is from late sixties, early solid state stuff. Um and it got really lively and drivey and I loved it. Carry on, your thought. <laughs> I took a breath like a me. <clears throat> oh, I thought you were gonna say something. I'm sorry. You're being very courteous for guys who were just yeah, slamming each other. I don't know. We'll fix it you <laughs> dirty haggard <laughs> Is that a um, word? Haggard? I don't know. Sounded good though, didn't it? No. Wow. <laughs> And we're back. I win. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually found myself, uh, I, I drove my amp for a while. I tried out the different EQ stuff for a while. Uh, found a lot of usable ground there. But where I found myself using it the most, and this is a very, like, me thing to do, is I found myself using it as, like, a clean boost and, like, just kind of a general leave it on mm -hmm. type thing. I, um, I found myself doing the same yeah. thing. Yep. Um, just having it in that sweet spot and then being able to really bring in other elements on the board, um, you know, like a drive circuit just got that much richer, that much, that much smoother. Um, I found that was really useful. And going into um, even the digital processing stuff on the BitQuest and like those kind of elements, it really just caressed everything I did. It didn't. It didn't so caressed much caressed it. Yeah, good Ooh, word, right? It's lovingly like, caressed. Lovingly, it. like like supplely. Okay. All right. <laughs> I don't like how this is sounding. No, man. Why. It just it just it played really well with everything. So yeah. And I I just I don't know. It's on my board now. <laughs> is it coming off? Mm -mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. I yeah. I, honestly, and maybe it's like some pedals. Like I found this with my Keeley Katana Boost and with a couple of other like dedicated clean boost type things. Mm -hmm. Where it's almost like it just uh, it's just a make better effect, right? Where it's like I don't want to turn it on or off. I just want to have it on the board on, yeah, and just use it to kind of color the tone. Yeah. I like the way it sounds, just there. Yeah, like I said, and there's I found probably like three really solid tones that I really loved out of it, and I mean there's so much more, but like in the the three guitars I played on it, you know, I I took it to like I say I took my my humbucker. Um, Gretsch, I took my Strat, and I even plugged my acoustic with a K&K &K Pure Mini into it. Right. Beautiful. And I was there when you were doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That was... This gorgeous tone comes right out of that really simple, simple passive pickup system on mm -hmm. my on my acoustic. So Sometimes the best sounds are just out of like a simple preamp type yep. use of something like that. Hey? Yep. Super great. I love this thing. So good luck getting it back. <laughs> 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 <sighs> The best part about it is I can run faster than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I'm also really good at. Uh, what are you looking for? 
Oh yeah, we're out of honey. No honey for the. No, that was there's very little. You're gonna have to scrape this out, buddy. There's some in there. I wish you luck. We're getting really casual with the podcast these you are days. Killing me, dude. There wasn't much honey in there. Oh, there was plenty. Oh, don't be a baby. You just have a sweet tooth. Well, that too. Yeah. But, well, listen. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so Joe. <laughs> really distracting podcast. So, um, sorry. We're just you know just our dear listeners. We're just kind of happy to be doing the show again. We're kind of having a lot of fun just kind of doing what we do. And uh, <laughs> the look, I wish you could see Casper's face right now. He's very bitter about the lack of honey in his tea. <laughs> um, it's just nice to be back in the studio and doing the podcast, even though I have to do it with this ugly mug. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. I love how you do. <clears throat> Anyways, back to the pedal. Uh, Joe, we can't thank you enough, man. It was really cool of you to send us this to check out and review and to uh, see some of your work in person. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed the show and glad you wanted us to check out this pedal. Uh, That being said, Joe, now you've cursed us. Mm. Because now... We have to fight to the death for it. Yeah. (laughs) What are we doing with it? (laughs) I don't know. We haven't decided what we're doing this. We We might have to fight to the death for it or, I don't know, sell it to fund the... Show thing. No, Casper shaking Bruh. his head. No, <laughs> no. I'll cut you. <laughs> I will <laughs> cut you. <laughs> I'm glad you could read that in my eyes. <laughs> uh, Joe, please send another pedal so that I may live. Um, no, but now, see, now the problem is, like a lot of the people I follow on Instagram, and a lot of people we, we follow as a show on Instagram, yeah. every time he posts something, I'm like, ooh, 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 ooh. ooh yeah, I know. Uh, well, I'm sure like that one. And he posted one recently with uh, Paisley. Cover the top of it. Mm. Oh, so cool. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not already doing so, by the end of us rambling about them, go check them out. Go check them out. Yeah. Yeah. Get on Joe's Instagram. Hello, Sailor Effects. Um, buy stuff from Joe. Buy stuff from Joe. Buy stuff we can't. Mm. Then send it to us. Yeah. That's it, right? We That's can both agree idea. on that. You buy the stuff and send it to us, and we <laughs> say thank you. And we will thank you. At and we will hello. give you a, sh- a shout-out personally on the show. <laughs> yeah, yes. <Name>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At Hello Sailor Effects on Instagram. Go check them out. Um, Ooh, that is very bland deep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, Joe makes, Joe makes great stuff, and we're super stoked that uh, we got to check this out. I think kind of what's super cool about it is Joe found out about us mm-hmm. in England and got a hold of us and was like, guys, I want to send you this thing. Yeah. And didn't really give us a choice. Well, I wasn't going to say no. Well, no, I know, <laughs> but it was like, okay, yeah, I mean, really, we could have withheld the address, but <laughs> it was so great. I mean- um, no, It was really cool. It's a really yeah. cool, classy, classy, cool thing to do. But it was also like, you know, it's also kind of like when Ryan uh, insisted we- Ryan Clark insisted we take uh, his millimetric guitar and try right. it out for a bit. I'm not going to say no. Well, I tried yeah. to say no. <laughs> you did, like, five times. Several times, yeah. <laughs> but just great. Yeah. No, thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, check him out. Say hi from the Culture Guitarist. Now, we're going to go hard detour here. Mm-hmm. And we're going to revisit something we haven't done for a while. I think it's probably, it's been a couple of months. Oh, at least a couple of months, yeah. man. And I, I think we said the same thing last time we did this. We haven't done this in a while. It's been a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, I think the last we uh, did. Yeah. I think, I, I know which one, I know what uh, topic it was. But uh, we're going to do a little segment called Unsung Heroes. That actually worked out really good. Oh, that was great. (laughs) We didn't plan that. That was nice. Uh, Great minds think alike, and so do idiotic ones. No, it's it's fools seldom ever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think the last time we did this, we were talking about uh, PV T60s and T40s. That's right. Yep. Well, this week, we're going to hit on a little-known Canadian I, gem, especially outside of Canada. They're, they're, like, they are very obscure. Completely, I would say, unknown. Yeah. Um, Odyssey Guitars. 
I think these are way cooler than the PV T60 T40s. Just saying. I, you know what, man? They're completely different. So it's really kinda, different. They're uh, both products of the late 1970s, and they both show it mm-hmm. um, in vastly different ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Do you want to? Do you want to like? Uh, give the uh, odyssey history lesson or do you want me to give the odyssey history lesson you go ahead buddy all right let me uh you know the story much better than i do you know it's all right so odyssey guitars um so it started in vancouver in 1977 vancouver uh, british columbia canada that's like yeah. you know 400 400k from here yeah or as Canadians say, five hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like three and a half, four hours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so started in Vancouver and uh, started by three gentlemen, Ken Lindemere, Joe Sally, and Attila Below. Um, and uh, they were primarily designed and built by Attila and uh, Joe, or Ken uh, Lindemere has helped as well. And uh, Joe was kind of the man behind the sales aspect. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got a small team of uh, staff on board within a few years. Um, and they were a really rad little company. So very typical of their era, they were doing a lot of stuff like you would see in, in companies like Alembic or BC Rich. It was very late 70s style stuff with the uh, woods in uh, laminates and sandwiched together. Mm-hmm, so you had mm-hmm. these uh, laminate striped neck through bodies. Oh, beautiful. Uh, every model they made mm-hmm. was a neck through body. Um if you, it was a bolt-on, it was, there was like maybe a handful of bolt-ons made over the years. And I think most of them were special orders. I would say. Yeah. They did basses. They did a huge range of guitars. They did like semi-hollow and hollow electrics that had like acoustic things built into them. Um, and they were a really unique outfit. They were an early supporter of DiMarzio. Mm-hmm. Um, all their pickups came from Larry DiMarzio himself, unless requested otherwise. And then they, you will see a couple of models out there. Like, I just think that's such a cool aspect of these. Yeah. Is that Larry DiMarzio was building them on, and it's part of the literature that I was reading says on their lower models, the low <laughs> cost models, the budget model, the budget yeah. model. Larry DiMarzio is building them special pickups just for them. It was like, wow. But standard, that being said, their standard DiMarzio pickup was the super distortion, right? And they considered the budget models to have just some, eh, just some random junk pickups wound by Larry DiMarzio. <laughs> exactly, and I mean, <laughs> so to 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 talk about the budget models, like these are near six hundred dollars in the seventies. <laughs> yeah, like these are not cheap guitars no. by any stretch. Um, well, they are now. <laughs> well, that's the saddest <laughs> thing, man. Like, we found one, oh, shoot, six months ago? Uh, yeah, eight, for about 400 eight, bucks. 400 bucks. Yeah, I got one for free once. Unreal. Yeah, was, you can find these things generally anywhere between. They're starting to get a little more appreciated, but even now, like, four to $1,200 is the range they exist between, depending mm. on the model. Um, and that was what they, I mean... Call it six to twelve or six to thirteen <laughs> yeah. in the seventies, but I mean, you could buy a Pinto for a couple grand. <laughs> yeah, it's in the crazy. 70s. It's just nuts. So this is like buying a, a guitar now for like thirteen grand. Yeah, that's the that's to give uh, some two thousand twenty uh, economics. <laughs> yeah, economics inflation. This, but <laughs> so these three gentlemen, uh, you know, they started this seventy seven, uh, and the. The company was out of business by 1982, so it was a very short run. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were at their height, they were doing around 50 guitars a month. That's a crazy production run. It's a pretty good, yeah. So I mean, you can you, they are out there. They're not out there in like Gibson style huge numbers, but I wouldn't say they're out there in like super small numbers either. Well, even probably smaller than you think. Yeah, smaller than we think. Yeah, Fif- but 50 guitars a month. You got to think <clears throat> of how many have been destroyed how sure. many, you know there's and the guys that have them don't tend to sell them too often and they have a pretty like cult like following yeah so they're not necessarily easy to find they're not impossible to find um they don't come up too often but when they do come up they're not crazy prices for a handmade north america high-end electric guitar 
so they used Schaller tuners typically. They had some budget versions that used Grover. Unless mm. uh, the customer requested something else, and they did a lot of customization. They did a lot of customization yeah. stuff. All of their hardware was machined out of solid brass mm. in house in the seventies. Very, very few companies made their own hardware. Mm-hmm. You got to think in the seventies there was like, oh, maybe twenty to thirty major guitar manufacturers worldwide even that might be a stretch i mean they're for, you know for major well there was like burns and stuff in england and I'm like mm-hmm. worldwide there was a fair amount but the ones people tend to remember tend to be like gratch guild gibson fender rickenbacker like the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean guys well guys like us know about a lot more you know yeah. the aria stuff and you all know, the japanese you get into stuff and... like their ovation was full guns back then yeah. uh BC Rich was firing up. There's there was a lot of them, but at the same time, there's not a lot of them, especially by today's standards, where it's like yeah, thousands upon thousands. I mean, I can throw I can throw a rock and hit three. Yeah, in well, this we, city, we know of a whole bunch just yeah in our area, which is crazy to me. But anyway, I digress. Uh, so yeah, their their bridges were two piece typically, mm-hmm. machined out of brass. They made their saddles out of brass. They made their own strap knobs. And knobs mm-hmm. out of brass. These are so cool. They had a brass block in the body yeah. that the that the bridge actually rode on, and it was like a, a countersunk. And, yep, countersunk, yeah. and had an and like a an ebony, um, like an arch top bridge well, loading that was on, on the six hundred one. Yeah, on the six hundred. Yeah, most the, of them had adjustable brass saddles. They were still mm-hmm. countersunk mounted yep. to. So cool. Craziness. So they had the 600, the 300, the, and then the 200, and you could really customize all those yeah. models. And there was and then, a 100 and a 500. I think, I think and then had, the, yeah. The Hawk model was their, their budget, budget model. Yeah. With like the, the $600 with budget. The crappy pickups from DiMarzio. <laughs> <laughs> I love, actually, I really do love how that's worded. <laughs> I know, just, yeah, cheap pickups made by Larry DiMarzio. Wait, whoa, wait a minute. Like, yeah. Very basic electronics with <laughs> low cost pickups that Larry DiMaggio wound especially for us. Low cost. Yeah. Like, <laughs> good luck. Good luck getting that. Like, I I don't know if Larry himself is still winding pickups. I would um, doubt that. But uh, well, Seymour still does. Yeah. I okay. I'll give you that. You know, like you don't know. I, I don't know. I should say. Um, but if he is, they're not cheap. No. <laughs> they haven't been cheap for a long time. Same with Seymour Duncan, right? Like when that guy hand winds a set of pickups, he's not. It's not like he's on the line winding a set of Jeff Becks. He's got people doing that. But, well, yeah, lots of them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when when he winds a set of pickups, it's like, oh, well, okay, now these are five hundred dollars each or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, you, like that's pretty cool. Really cool. That's a really cool little feature. Um, nineteen eighty two, the company folded. Uh. Ken had sold his shares the year before, and he moved on to a completely different industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe started a music distribution company, I think. Yeah, still in Vancouver. Still in Vancouver. Yeah. Um, we don't have super... Uh, it's pretty hard to find very recent information on uh, Ken and Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as we know, Joe's still in Vancouver running a distribution company. When last we learned... Um... Unfortunately, uh, so Attila himself... Mm. The kind of the real the real mastermind behind the the builds and stuff, and the designs um, went to work for Aot Drums, and uh, was killed in 1987 in a in an accident in the shop. Yeah, working alone late one night. So, R.I.P. Yeah, big time. That's uh, that's a sad way to go out, but uh, real Canadian gem. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Canada, I think, especially in the 70s, like, we didn't have a lot going on guitar-wise. There was a few out there. I think, um, I want to say Larivee was kicking around. Mm-hmm. Probably. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure when uh, Norman started and uh, the Golden family of brands kind of got into things, but they're older as well. I want to say mid-80s on the Golden stuff. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't, That'll be, I don't another, be another topic look into for that. another day. <laughs> but, but these, uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm, like, personally, I was not super aware of the brand. 
of the Odyssey brand. I mean, you and I have spoken about them a few mm -hmm. times. I know you've got a, a, a deep love for these guitars. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, looking into them now and seeing like rear adjustable pickups and just every appointment is mm -hmm. smooth and clean and elegant. And weirdly, like, each one is such a unique thing unto itself. For mm -hmm. a company that had very dedicated production models, um, like, like, you'll find ones with pickup rings, and the pickup rings were machined out of brass, and then you'll find ones like the 600 we have on our screens right now, which I've got to remember to share a picture of, mm -hmm. where the pickups are mounted in from behind, and they're adjusted from behind. I actually really love Dan this Electra guitar. style, but somehow sexy and classy. Yeah. The carve on this top? Oh, yeah. Like, man. That wow. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, like, the back plate. The back plate is machined out of brass. Who does that? Oh, we're looking at a different guitar. Yeah, I'm looking at, this is a different <laughs> model. You've got the 600 series yep. up there, and I've got, uh, this was just a brand new, I think it's a 200, but. Oh, here we go. You know, if you, I'm just looking at images of different ones, because it's impossible to, you got to get the full gammon, right? Yeah. Um, and each bass is kind of different, and each guitar has just got its own thing, and they all have some, like, the carves change subtly between each <laughs> build, I well, swear. Yes. I don't know that they were jigged. Probably not. You know, like, yeah, you had a, a template to work with and, and get her get her there. Like, you could, uh, I know guys did those, like, uh, copy routers where it would route, mm -hmm. like, five bodies off of one template. One master template, yeah. Um, I don't think they were doing that. I <laughs> this this company seems like they were just kind of going. Each one got a little bit different, so, and that's cool, man. It's really cool. They used mini switches, mini toggle switches for not only the pickup selector switch, but also f for other things like coil tap, uh, phase switches. Again, a very seventies thing to do, mm -hmm, where you yeah. have like a Gibson style layout with a three way of volume and a tone on each pickup, so you'd have. Four knobs, and then you'd also have um, a little forest of mini switches doing different things. Right. I'm, I'm sending you a picture right now, bud, the one I'm looking at. Oh, the, oh yeah, <sighs> it's a bass. What the heck is going on with that thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, Love so that. Two different P-Bass pickup setups. And yeah, just a total forest of controls going on. Yep. There. Yeah. Well, you know what we got to talk about, though? We got to talk about the behemoth. Oh, I know. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me pull that sucker up. <laughs> Fantastic, and and yeah, let's try to let's try to help out here. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, the story we got is uh, was written by Joe Joseph Sally, which was the guy who one of the founders. And uh, so, the information we were able to find, it kind of said Odyssey started in seventy seven. Mm -hmm. According to Joe's story here, this took place in seventy six. So we already have kind of a wonkiness about the start date of Odyssey guitars. But I think this was just a big promotion. Oh, piece. absolutely. So why wouldn't you kick it off? And I mean, it probably took a huge amount of time to build this thing. Absolutely. But I, I would have to think they would already be going as a company mm. in order to tackle something like this and have the uh, connections to do it. Well, you got to um, think they were all already working in the music industry. Yeah. Okay. Right. So that being said, yeah. Uh, to get, oh, we haven't even revealed what we're talking about yet. <laughs> <laughs> so in in 1976 or 77, year not totally certain, uh, the three geniuses behind Odyssey Guitars decided to get together and break a new world record, and they did that by creating the world's largest at the time, functional, fully functional electric guitar it weighed 650 pounds was 10 feet 7 inches high <laughs> six times to scale i love this thing see guitar i've got a bunch of pictures these are definitely going up on our instagram yep and everybody got in on this so they were next door to a piano yep. uh, shop of some kind <laughs> so they have piano strings on this thing and everything's to scale the knobs are to scale the switches the, the switches. switches look literally like like Igor throw the switch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Larry DiMarzio once again stepped in and made custom gigantic 
super distortion humbuckers bigger than a man's hand (laughs) like to look at the the three guys holding this guitar these pickups are like the size of your head i don't even know if i can pick a favorite photo i know they're all amazing (laughs) they're freaking cool the one where they're all standing holding it straight up in the air and like neither one of them make it past the 12th fret (laughs) (laughs) and as you pointed out uh i suspect that's probably attila um on the right i don't know though i don't know which one of the guys is which i just he's so awesome they're all wearing wearing bell bell bottom bottom overalls oh i'm so glad you saw that man and drew my eye to it (laughs) it's like so 70s it's unbelievable (laughs) like it hurt it hurts me to think i was born in an era without those (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you could find them Listen, man, we oh, were alive no. through the late 90s, early 2000s. I guarantee you Jinko made some kind of... You're right. There was a huge <laughs> flood of bell bottoms in the mid-2000s. Yeah. That's so awesome. But either way, I'm pretty sure um, the tank top and corduroys in the next photo. <laughs> oh, that's good. So and it's like good. a teal green tank top. Yep, like just, with white trim. Awesome. I mean, I'm no fashionista, but... Oh, so man. 70s. Yep. And they have the, like... A leather carpet that they rolled out to put on the, the sidewalk to hold like this a, thing. I mean, they must have had a forklift put that guitar out there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so the Guinness Book of Records, um, they, they made the Guinness Book of World Records. And then the Guinness Book bought the guitar from them. Well, then it's got to be. So, And it was in the uh, the Guinness Museum in Niagara Falls where it was there for a decade or so. And uh, then no one quite knows what happened to it after that. There's an Odyssey Guitars Facebook group that I'm that I'm a part of and have been for Weird. years. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy the the guy behind the Odyssey Guitars Facebook group, who I wish I could have got on the show, that would have been kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, he's put a call out there. He's looking for this guitar. He's trying to find it, relocate it, and purchase it, and get it back to its home base in Vancouver. Mm. Um, so if anybody out there has a lead on a 650 pound <laughs> neck through Canadian made Odyssey guitar, um, yeah, it stands out. It stands out. <laughs> so get on uh, Facebook, get a hold of the Odyssey guitars, Facebook page. Yeah. Let them know that you found it. But, uh, it's so great. This thing's crazy. It is so <laughs> great. Like the bridge, the, the knobs, the pickups, everything <laughs> are Fully functioning end to scale. Unbelievable. Like having had one of these guitars and held yeah. one of the knobs in my hand while switching pots on <laughs> Those are 40 pound blocks of that, brass. That single little knob that normal scale was quite heavy. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to know what these things weight. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, Odyssey guitars. Check them out. They're really cool. Sure. They kind of look like a cross between an Alembic and a Rickenbacker sometimes. They're, they're yeah. just. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's a, that's a good comparison now. For yeah. sure. You can see where they might have had an influence on like early Paul Reed Smith design or a whole bunch of different people with some of their uh some of their cars and some of their stylistic choices and yeah. stuff. You so, know, yeah. and it's uh you know their budget line was neck through. <laughs> no, with these crappy pickups <laughs> yeah. made by Larry DiMarzio. Yeah. Just what a bunch of garbage neck through <laughs> bull crap DiMarzio pickups. Wow. These are cool. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought me onto them. It's really cool. Like me being like, I have this crappy set neck guitar from Gibson with stupid handmade pickups from Seth Lover. The worst. <laughs> There's a sound for everybody's earballs. Woohoo. Uh so yeah. Odyssey Guitars. Our unsung hero of the whatever couple of months period this is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll touch back on this in June. <laughs> If you got a suggestion for somebody or, or something that's an unsung hero, mm-hmm. do let us know. We're 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 always kind of curious to a learn more about something cool that maybe not everybody celebrated. And don't be one of those people. Don't don't send us like, have you heard of the Roland uh, Jazz Chorus uh, JC120 amplifier? It's mm. solid state, but it's pretty cool. Don't come on, like we want to. You, wanna, you just found one of those for a really reasonable price, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, it's still out there tempting me. <laughs> yeah i mean i spotted it again today i think the price dropped yeah it did mm. yeah. it's very tempting yeah 
I mean, it's not a vintage one, but who cares? Personally, I don't. Fantastic amp. Yeah. But the point is, it's not uh, It's not an underdog. People know about it. It's, yeah. you know. For the unsung heroes section, we want something that is... Uh, unsung? Lesser, lesser known. You know, the PBT-40 and T-60s are... Maybe by today's standards, almost, they've maybe slipped yeah. a little bit into obscurity, but... Almost too big to be on the unsung heroes thing. That was a borderline one for us. Mm. Just to give you, a, just to give you our uh, range that we're thinking in here. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, don't don't come at us with like, eh, the fifty six Les Paul, eh, not as popular as the fifty eight or fifty nines, <laughs> but it's a really good guitar. We get it. Okay, look, we got this. It's not an unsung hero. Something weird, and yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you got. Let us know what you think we should talk about. We'll uh, dive into it. So, anyway, I think that about wraps it up for today's show. What do you think? Yeah, man. Crocky, Casper. Crocky. That's a good spot to stop. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> what accent was that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Culture Guitarist, guitar podcast for numpties. Hey. Well, hey. If you're a beautiful numpty like we are and you like guitar stuff, we're here for you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I do want to take a little moment. Can I take a moment? Can we have an Uncle Al moment? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I miss these. I know, at least a couple know, months. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> unsung heroes, Uncle Al. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to sip my tea. Mm. It's actually really bitter because it doesn't have a lot of honey in it. More than yours, though. (laughs) (laughs) He flew me the bird. I did, and I did. I did buy that bucket of honey too. (laughs) Listen, you're gonna have to. We're gonna have to start buying this by the bucket because yeah, like our tea. Or if you like guitar podcast and you make honey, ooh, yeah, hit us up. You want to hit us up with some creamed honey for Mm. tea? Mm. Anyways, um, so I do want to take a moment and just say there's a lot going on right now. Everybody's doing their best to socially distance. Everybody's doing their best to stay in their homes, isolate, or I hope you are. Not mm. everybody is, but people who care. Um, and, you know, as we talked about earlier on this episode, we are flirting with disaster by uh, being in the studio together today. But I really want us to just take a minute and say sometimes... You have to do something hard that you don't want to do because it's good for everybody. Sometimes the best thing you can do is be selfless. In fact, I would say most of the time, the best thing you can do is be selfless. And that can be trying. And right now, I think everybody's feeling trying. We're tired. We want to go out. We want to see our friends. We want to see our loved ones. We want to see the people that matter most in our lives. And that can be challenging. And I just want to tell you... Hang in there. Better times are coming. Keep doing what you're doing. It's really helpful. I had a man from where I came from who was 30 years old pass away because of this thing. It is affecting everybody on big levels. So keep going with this. And you'll have my eternal thanks. You'll have Casper's medium thanks because he's just jerky. Wow. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that was very heartfelt. I know, right I until know. that moment, it's still heartfelt. Oh, well, I mean, I, you're I, I am so. <laughs> I'm kidding. I am so very appreciative of everyone. Um, I mean, I work. I actually work in a retail space. You do, and uh, I we take a lot of precautions to make sure everyone's being safe. You know, my my job is a quote unquote an essential service, but um, it's a it's a tough go, and and. Seeing everybody is kind of not, I don't want to say downtrodden, but it is getting to the point where everyone is being, it's, 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 it's impacting everyone. Yeah. We're all in this together. And I think, you know, if you're having a hard time, chances are so are the people around you. So here is my challenge. My, I want to say uh, encouragement, maybe more. I want you to be kinder to the people around you. I want you to step out of your comfort zone, not within six feet. <laughs> <laughs> but but try and, you know, if you find it hard to uplift yourself, 
reach out to someone else and uplift them. Be kinder to each other, and I promise you, that's going to feel great. And you're going to find yourself uplifted by uplifting someone else. And with that oddly kind thought, we're going to say goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Cultured Guitarist. Thank you.